So what do you think? Is it still pretty stormy out there? We're, we're still working through COVID-19, but it's summer and things have loosened up a bit. Oil prices and the economy are still a little bit precarious. A number of you still have stuff to work through since the floods. Some of you are still working through wildfire stuff from four years ago. Our, our culture feels like it's in the middle of a racial storm and Fort McMurray is also in the middle of that. And then you have uh, your own personal things that are happening. So all around you are these winds of circumstances that seem to be blowing totally out of control. So today, we're going to talk about navigating life uh, in the storm. To do that, we're going to take a look at another one of Jesus' miracles. It's summer, so I have a boating story, a story of a storm, a boat, some terrified disciples, and a very calm, cool, and chill Jesus. We're going to take a look at the story as it's found in the account of the life of Jesus written by a guy we call Mark the Evangelist. Mark is a guy who's also called John Mark. He is the cousin of another guy he's named Barnabas, who we read about in the book of Acts. And scholars that uh, I really respect uh, believe that Mark got his information for the gospel from the, from the apostle Peter, that the whole gospel of Mark is based on what Peter taught about Jesus. Peter taught, and Mark wrote it down, thought that might be helpful for some of you to know. Okay. Let's read Mark's account of the storm that terrified the disciples. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? So we got ourselves here a great boat story. And to give you context, we're on the Sea of Galilee. It's some 200 or more meters below sea level. It's surrounded by mountains. It has a reputation, at least it did when I was there, and I'm sure it had it before, of being beautiful one moment, and then boom, the next moment, a, a storm could come out of nowhere. And I'm sure this being uh, northern Alberta, a lot of us have a few good boat and storm stories. Uh, in fact, I'd love it if you'd send them to me. Maybe it's one I could use in a message or something. Anyways, my story is fishing with a friend on a lake in northwestern Ontario. We were having a beautiful afternoon catching walleye and pike when out of nowhere rolled in these foreboding black clouds that just looked evil. The winds began to whip up and the waves began to roll, then throw in lightning, thunder, and rain like torrential rain. And we're fairly far into the middle of this large lake where we have hit a honey hole. And this medium-sized runabout with a 40-horse merc attached to it was no match for the growing whitecaps. So my friend, he's actually jazzed by this really bad set of conditions we're in. He loves this and he decides to cut right into the waves. Uh, don't let them hit us on our sides and we'll see if we can just kind of, you know, motor through this and outrun the storm. Like this is a storm. Like we've gone from daylight to darkness in no time flat, but we see a little bit of light. It's gotta be more than a kilometer in front of us. We hit a wave all of a sudden and it launches us into the air. Oh yeah, this is one of those experiences. And my friend, Ken, he starts to laugh hysterically. 
I discover this is how he reacts in near-death situations, just laugh it away. We head for the sunshine when what should happen? The, the storm shifts direction. I tell you, it changed direction and it was coming directly for us again. So then we head in a new direction, but somehow that only brings us into the storm again. And now we start to take in water. Yeah, this is going real good. My friend is now laughing so loud, so hysterically that all I can do is laugh as well. I mean, if the boat is going down, then we're going to go down with it laughing. It, it took an hour. But we got out of that storm, totally drenched, uh, multiple inches of water in our boat, but we got back to the boat lunch just as the sun came back out and was beginning to set. And I could feel the adrenaline surge that was within me begin to relax. I'm not sure if I should say this, but close to an hour of evading a storm with the adrenaline surge we had both just experienced, add to that experience when that adrenaline drops, the, the combination is almost an intoxicating experience. It was the kind of experience that could turn you into an adrenaline junkie, and some of you know exactly what I mean. Okay, my experience on that lake some 10 years ago has not been duplicated, nothing like it since. And while it's not the same as what the disciples experienced, there might be a few parallels. And uh, some of you, not all of you, might be able to identify with a similar experience. Because my guess is that in a church like Fort City here in northern Alberta, with a number of guys who live for doing stuff in the outdoors here, there are a lot of you who have stories that can really top mine floating around out there. The difference between my experience and the disciples is at least I could grab a life jacket. In fact, we did eventually put them on. Just don't tell my wife that we didn't have them on when this all started. And hey, I, I don't fear in the same way as the disciples would. I don't fear the water. Um, that kind of gives me a, an edge because I've had some survival training for water disaster that the disciples would not have had. My biggest fear was not losing my life. It was losing the boat or even so losing that engine. So in the story that Mark tells, we, we've got 12 guys and Jesus all crammed into this boat together. It would be bigger than the runabout I was in, but not a big boat. Uh, enough room that Jesus can curl up and fall asleep on a pillow. It might have been a lower level in the back of the boat. And, and as the storm whips up, Jesus remains sound asleep, even as the waves come crashing into the boat. And, and these non-swimmers with no training in water survival have a total Amagdala hijack, and they see their lives coming to an end. Quickly, they think, this could be it. Uh, this is the end. We're not going to get to say goodbye to our parents or to our friends. We won't get to see our kids grow up. I mean, this is where their minds went to right away. And you're, if like me, you know, reading the story, I, I get that they don't know how to swim and that makes them scared. But hey, hey there, you disciple guys. Like you've been living with Jesus for how long? You, you've seen what he can do. Come on, you're in a boat with Jesus, the Son of God, like chill guys. My guess is what they thought was, we're with Jesus in a boat, so this shouldn't be happening. When you live with Jesus, there should be no storms. Jesus should be keeping us safe. You catch my drift? Because you know there are a lot of people who follow Jesus today who think like that. They think, okay, once I ask Jesus into my life, once I ask Jesus to come into my boat, uh, my life should be smooth sailing from there. And, and I know <clears throat> some of you went to churches that taught that. That Jesus would never let anything terrible happen to me as his follower. If that's you, I've got some bad news for you. 
It's good news, really, but it's bad because you kind of got it wrong. Because you know what? So often, when you, when you become a follower of Jesus, life sometimes gets harder. Just because you're a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you are exempt of the storms of life. Now, if you've lived in Fort McMurray for the last four or five years, you do understand that. Few communities have gone through as much as we have in the past four or five years. But sadly, that has driven some people in this city away from Jesus. People who now think that if uh, Jesus uh, didn't love them enough to protect them, then God must be weak or doesn't exist. So lots of people have been reacting like that over the years. So let's just get something straight. What's one of the things that Jesus promises to those of us who follow him? He promises us trouble. Got that? God promises you trouble, lots of trouble. Let me just quote Jesus for you. In this, in this world, you will have what? Trouble. Friends, you're, you're not getting around this. No one is exempt. Life with Jesus does not keep you away from trouble. So the question is, how do you deal with trouble? How do you get through the storm? And I'd like to suggest three things that we see in this story that will help you and me both navigate the storms that we will experience. But before we go there, just take a moment to think about a storm that you may be facing right now. What, what kind of storm? Well, for each of you, it's probably a little different. For many of you listening, you, you've got a job-related storm that, that you're facing. You don't know how secure your employment is. Your, your pay isn't what it used to be. Some of you, let's be honest, you're doing just fine. You've got a job. It's just that you, you don't like the job that you have. Or the people you work with are driving you crazy. And need I tell you that someone else who's watching right now is just saying, dude, you're just lucky to have a job because I don't. Now, some of you, you, you've recently received bad news from a doctor. Some of you, the storm involves someone you love. And as the pandemic continues, more and more marriages are hurting. I could keep going. You, you get the idea. What kind of storm are you facing? Let's look at some practical truths about how to get through a storm. And, and all three things that I want to see, they're centered right on Jesus. Jesus is the key to getting through the storms of life. A deep, intimate, personal, trusting, faith-filled relationship with Jesus is the ultimate key for getting through the storm. So the first thing I want you to see about Jesus and your storms is number one, Jesus is fully aware of your storm. Jesus knows that you're in the storm. Jesus knew that you would go into the storm before you ever saw a hint of the storm. Are you in a storm? Jesus knew that you would be in this storm. The cancer you got. Jesus knew it was coming. The job that you lost, Jesus knew that you would lose that job, that marriage that became a mess. Jesus could see that coming. Okay, take a look at what Jesus did in this story. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Hey, Jesus didn't just know that the disciples would go into a storm. Jesus, he sent them into the storm. Do you see that? Jesus sent them right into the storm. Jesus says, let's go to the other side, and he's fully aware of what's going to happen on the other side. Jesus let the storm happen. In this case, Jesus just sent his disciples into the storm. So a furious squall comes up. The waves break over the boat. The, the boat is nearly swamped, and suddenly everything changes. Kind of like when you get that phone call, and you hear some news, and suddenly everything changes, and life gets instantly dark. 
You, you say goodbye to a loved one or a friend thinking that you will see them shortly, but something happens and everything changes. Jesus sees it all. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to hit you. None of this is catching him by surprise. I love these words of the Apostle Paul about Jesus, who knows about the storms we're in. Listen to these great words. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Hey, God, who promised that we would experience troubles, also promises that in one way or another, good will come out of that trouble. Which is actually my third point, so just kind of hang on to that idea while just thinking right now about the fact that Jesus is fully aware of your storm and he loves you, so hang on to that. He's aware of the storm and he loves you in the middle of the storm. And that brings me to a second thing I see about storms. Number two, Jesus is with you in the storm. Jesus is aware and he's with you. You are not in the storm alone. Going back to our story, what do you see? Jesus was in the stern. And he was doing what? He's sawing logs. He's asleep. I love this. I mean, the disciples, they're gripped by incredible fear. They think that this just might be the end. And Jesus, even though he's in the middle of this ferocious storm and water's actually coming in, he's fine. He's chill. He's asleep. No problems. Yeah, Jesus is enjoying some much-needed rest. The disciples might be panicking, but God never panics. Jesus, the Son of God, never panics. In the middle of the storm, think about this. Though unseen, tucked away in the stern, right? Jesus is not really seen. He's kind of out of the picture. But though he's unseen and a bit out of the picture, he's there, right? He's right there with them in the middle of the storm. Perhaps you're in a storm right now. Though you don't see him, he is right there with you. The son of the living God through the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you. Be encouraged, find hope, find peace. The writer of the New Testament letter of Hebrews puts it this way. Um, he's quoting Moses and he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's God's promise to us. You're in the storm. Jesus knows that you're there and he's right there with you. And one more thing, number three, Jesus is at work in you through the storm. So often, God's got a purpose for the storm you are in. There's something that he wants to do in your life through the storm. Because of the storm, God's going to do something in your life that he couldn't do any other way. Think of the disciples. They were about to experience one of their greatest fears, death. And hey, we don't want to die, right? Look at our story. The, the, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care that we're about to die? Then we read, he, talking about Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? This storm with a miracle has a purpose. Jesus wants to raise the faith of his disciples. And in particular, Jesus wants his disciples to overcome their fear of death. Think about what the disciples will soon be facing. They will see Jesus die. They will see him raised from the dead. And they will be transformed from a group of guys terrified that they would die to a group who will willingly die for the cause of Jesus. All but the apostle John died violent deaths as martyrs for Jesus. They became fearless. 
God did a lot more than just the miracle of calming a storm here. He did a deep work in the life of his disciples, helping them to overcome their fear of death, developing in them a trust in Jesus, no matter what storms were raging around them. Maybe there are some of you here and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've been thinking, okay, God, would it be that hard? I mean, you've done some pretty big things, right? All I'm asking for you to do this and you're not even doing it. Where are you? Are you really there? Are you able? Or if you won't, maybe you're not even good. Do you still love me? Or maybe you're just a crutch that I have made up. All these questions come up when we are in the storm and we don't see God answer. Craig Rochelle is often my go-to guy when I'm working on some messages and he has a great quote about this story that I want to leave with you. He says, in storms, we want God to do a removing job, but he wants to do an improving job. Think about that. What might God want to do in your life through the storm that you're going through? Friends, don't waste your storms. Sure, you can pray that you're delivered and our God is able to deliver, but remember, he knew the storm was coming and he let you get into that storm for a reason. So just remember, Jesus is aware of your storm. He is with you in the storm and he is at work in you through the storm. And yeah, it's okay for you to pray that God would deliver you from the storm, but it's really important that you ask God to show you what he wants you to learn in the middle of this storm. In fact, it's more important that you let him do the work in your life that he wants to do that he can only do through the storm. Because you know, there's a lot of powerful, life-transforming stuff that God can only do when we're in the storm. So bow with me for prayer as we seek God to be with us in the middle of our storms. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love that you are with each of us in the storm. And I pray for each person experiencing a storm right now. God, would you strengthen them? Walk with them. Help them to navigate and get through the storm well. God, be glorified through us as we let you do your work in us in the storm. And as we go through this storm, would you be our protector and deliverer? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And hey, whatever storm uh, you might be in, if you just need someone to talk to, uh, maybe give you some perspective about the storm you're in, you can connect with myself, Lucas, Adrian, Shauna, and we'd love to listen and to pray with you. Maybe you need a counselor and we can connect you there as well. So message any of us or whatever your prayer need might be, just let us know. Or you could even just post the word prayer uh, there on the message there and uh, we'll be praying for you. Let me close with these words from James, the brother of Jesus, that just really fits well here. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Friends, don't waste your storm. Let God use it for his purposes and his glory.